Alrighty, folks. I don't know if you can tell by my attire, but it is the holiday season. I don't know if you can tell by Jason's attire, but he's a Scrooge and a Grinch and uh, not participating this year. Uh, apparently, my head grows every year, and I cannot fit into the Santa hat anymore. It would not stay on top of my head. I'm donning red to be in the season here. I don't want to be the Scrooge. Uh, uh, close enough. It's cl- it's close enough. It's close enough for government work. Am I right, everybody? Uh, I think that <laughs> we can all agree that uh, the government jokes about pace and uh, accuracy and stuff are at all times. Don't you pass, Mr. Anti-Thanksgiving, don't you go passing judgment here. Just because I'm excited for turkey three and a half weeks ago, okay? Still like, excited, yeah, for leftovers? Yeah. Well, uh, well, speaking of leftovers, let's talk about some uh, of what the DOD IG uh, documented in a special report. Bringing back the greatest hits, bringing back leftovers that are now several years old. Okay, so um, just to give everybody a quick overview, the DOD Inspector General released a special report that rolled up their findings from their assessments of the cybersecurity posture of DoD contractors dealing with CUI and their assistance to the Department of Justice in their assessments of contractor cybersecurity in accordance with their contractual requirements pursuant to False Claims Act investigations. Real spicy special report they put out here not too long ago. And it's just odd to me because Several weeks ago, the DOD IG announced a project where they were going to be looking at the accreditation process for CMMC C3 PAOs, the organizations that are going to be conducting assessments. And everybody was like, whoa, 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 there must be something wrong. There must be some sort of scandal afoot because the DOD IG announced a project. And as we talked about in our Halloween episode, which we'll link to below, uh, it's a routine project announcement. There's like over a hundred of these every year. And this is the straw that got drawn. It's not an indication that there's anything wrong. And even if there were, everyone should be excited for the DOD IG to come in and make recommendations. However, one of the points that we made in that episode was no one really paid attention or pays attention to DOD IG reports uh, whenever uh, or unless the DOD IG comes out and says something that they agree with is maybe what I'll say. Because I haven't heard anybody really talking about this IG special report about contractor cyber findings, uh, but I heard lots of people making noise about how there must be something wrong going on with the CMMC program. And with a closer look that we're going to dive into, I think people should pay attention to this one, probably maybe even more than the project announcement from a couple of weeks ago. You said that, you know, um, you really don't hear a lot about the reports. People will come out and then a DOD is uh, launching an IG investigation right into this. And then that's the headline that gets the clicks, right? But then when they start digging into it and when people start digging into it and they say, well, just routine, something to check the program, everybody's not interested anymore. We're talking about this one because it is interesting and it is very interesting. Some of the things that are being uncovered as a part of these reports, not all IG reports are bad, right? Correct. Yeah. I would say, you know, I mean, even most of them, uh, Maybe it's the name, right? The in, the inspector. It's definitely office, it's definitely you know, the fact like, that it's the inspector general for sure. But I, I mean, there is no inspector general report that comes out that doesn't make constructive recommendations. So that, I mean, that's what they're, they're supposed to do. 
they're not just uh, dropping off findings in a drive-by and then peeling off into the sunset. Like they are making recommendations, which, you know, what more could you ask for? They're diagnosing problems or making recommendations. I'm sure it's a lot less fun if you're the subject of that interaction, but we are outside observers. And so we're just going to pull up the highlights that are interesting for everybody. Okay. The TLDR of this special report from the IG, there are quote, systemic cybersecurity weaknesses in the DIB, according to the DOD IG, I think probably to the surprise of no one that has been paying attention to the sector over the last few years. Uh, okay, very quickly, before we get started, this IG report is talking about findings for contractor implementation of NIST SP800-171 requirements to protect CUI. Recent news, uh, we're in the revision cycle for 800-171 Rev 3. We're currently in the public comment period. NIST just announced that they are extending the deadline for public comments by an extra two weeks. So instead of comments being due January 12th, they are now due on January 26th of 2024. Uh, they're extending this comment deadline because they're going to be holding a webinar just like they did after the initial public draft, but uh, their webinar is scheduled for January 10th. And then there would only be two days until the deadline for the original deadline for public comments. So they're extending it by two weeks. Makes total sense. Uh, we'll provide a link below to both Rev3 and the link to register for the webinar. NIST webinars have a attendance capacity limit. So make sure you register. The last one that they did after the initial public draft did run out of virtual seats, but they always post the recording. Um, so if you want to attend it live and submit your questions since they're doing live Q&A, make sure you register uh, quickly because they will run out of space. Yeah, they sell out like Taylor Swift tickets, dude. They, they yes. I, Like realistically, I remember I was highly anticipating the last one, waiting to register. Like I'm waiting to buy tickets for a very highly anticipated concert. And I click and I'm hitting the refresh button. I got two windows open. I still fail, dude. It's it's. I was very heartbroken. I, uh, as a, as a football fan of a team in the AFC West, I have no sympathy, uh, because I have had to, uh, listen uh, to Taylor Swift updates during divisional games all year this year. Uh, and, uh, and should I have used Beyonce longer story? Yeah, let's use Beyonce. Let's use right. Beyonce. So I was trying to get queen Bay tickets and they sold out and queen Bay tickets are just as hard to get as seats at a NIST webinar registration talking about NIST revisions. There you go. There you go. Okay. So just very quickly on the, <laughs> on the, on the agenda for the NIST webinar, they're going to be providing an overview of the changes in the final draft and the initial draft. They're going to describe their design principles and their rationale behind the changes. Very interested to hear what they have to say about that. Uh, they're going to identify areas where they want some specific input and then have that extra two weeks for submitting your input. Uh, and they're going to share some more information about how to engage, how to submit your comments, what the next steps are in the following two weeks after the webinar. They're going to take Q&A. So uh, we're still in the middle of the public comment period. It's the holidays. Make sure you take the time to craft your comments and submit them. We've got a significant number that we will be submitting. We'll probably talk about in a future episode. Okay, so back to the current version of 800-171 Rev 2, which has been the requirement for DOD contractors since the end of 2017 via DFAR 7012 contract clauses. So if you have CUI and you have DFAR 7012, which everybody has DFAR 7012 by default, then you are on the hook for implementing these controls. So the DOD IG says in their special report, 
From 2018 to 2023, the IG issued five audit reports on DOD contractors' inconsistent implementation of NIST SP 800171 cybersecurity controls required by DFAR 7012 for protecting CUI. So since 2018, they've done five audit reports. And people might remember that the 2019 uh, DOD IG audit report of contractor cybersecurity for protecting CUI was the catalyst that got the attention of the Armed Services Committees in Congress that caused them to include language in the FY 2020 NDAA, the Annual Authorization Bill for DOD Budgeting, that said, hey, DOD, go make a rule that creates a framework that will hold contractors accountable for implementing these requirements. And then fast forward a couple of years later, and that's how we got CMMC. So this material that they're summarizing and rolling up in this report includes the findings that catalyzed CMMC to begin with, right? So keep that mm -hmm. in mind. So they say, okay, here are some findings from these five reports that we've done basically over the last five years. They also say, as of October of 2023, the DOD IG has supported five DOJ investigations under the cyber or the Civil Cyber Fraud Initiative, which targets government contractors and grant recipients suspected of fraudulently, fraudulently attesting their compliance with NIST SP 800-171 cybersecurity requirements. So the DOD IG has done five audit reports in the last five years. They've done five DOJ investigations uh, according to the False Claims Act, uh, looking at DOD contractors since October, since October. So they are actively supporting DOJ looking at contractors. Now, I find this to be very interesting because everybody's very interested to hear what's going on with the DOJ Cyber Civil Fraud False Claims Act initiative, but we don't hear a lot about it until those cases are completed or settled or unsealed or whatever it happens to be. And so because you don't hear a lot about it, people are like, I'm not really sure if this is happening. A lot like rulemaking, right? So they've done five of these investigations since October, which is a lot since October. So people should definitely keep their eyes uh, peeled and their ears open for the DOJ unsealing more information about it, more information from DOD IG about their support. They're working with the DOJ's FCA team on the same findings that they look at in their audit reports for the same set of controls that are required via DFAR 7012. Like the dots are all connecting here. So a couple things, I have a question for you and then I have a comment to add. Well, I have a comment to add first and the question. First, the comment to add is that five audit reports, audit reports, those are not just five assessments of five contractors. That is actually the assessment of 29 total DOD contractors. Yeah. Um, it, it, and so over, these 29 contractors provide services to 12 subunits of the Department of Defense, right? So the DOD is the organization, the sub-O, maybe be missile defense agency, things like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's what, in that point. Now, for the DOJ investigations, these are where the Department of Justice has been notified of a civil fraud initiative uh, complaint, right? And this now they're where, going yeah. in to an anal analyze it, right? And these are just five separate contractors that have been tagged as, you're not doing the right thing. We're coming in to check to make sure Correct. you're doing the right thing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, which is, which that in and of itself, if the DOD had come out and said, Hey, since October, just so you know, we've helped the DOJ uh, evaluate contractor non-compliance with DFAR 7012 and 800 We've done that mm -hmm. five times since October. 
that would be newsworthy enough. Here, they're like, allow us to show you the findings from all the audit reports that we've done on this subject since 2018 and compare them with the findings that we've had in our support of DOJ false claim investigations and let you know how they overlap. So the, the line that jumps out as you know, sort of the overall line of, of the report, which is not very long uh, compared to some IG reports, they say, we consistently determined that DOD contracting officials did not establish processes to verify that contractors complied with selected NIST SP-800-171 requirements. Comparisons of our findings highlight a set of common cybersecurity weaknesses at DOD contractors that process, store, and transmit CUI related to, and they give us a list of the top things that overlap. Access, audit, and accountability, configuration management, identification and authentication, incident response, sound like the 800-171 families, everybody, physical security, and risk management controls. Now, the thing that jumps out here in this little excerpt is they obviously are saying contractors are not implementing their requirements, but what they point the finger at is the contracting workforce at DoD. They said contracting officials did not establish processes to verify implementation. And this is one thing to remember from the 2019 report. It, it isn't just that DoD contractors don't have the controls implemented. It's more that the DoD contracting workforce doesn't have mechanisms to verify that those things are being implemented. That's what the IG is really pointing to. And that's what the CMMC program is really designed to do. Because now, if a company has a CMMC certification or not, the contracting workforce says you're good or you're not. It ends up being maybe overly binary, maybe overly simplistic, but it is a mechanism that contracting officials can have to verify if they've complied with their requirements. And so it it's one of those things, it's a, it's a little bit of a, of, a, of a subtle addition to the problem. It isn't just that contractors aren't implementing requirements. It's also that the contract workforce doesn't have a mechanism to verify implementation. And in the eyes of the DOD uh, and pursuant to the recommendations of the IG and the requirements of the armed services committees, CMMC solves for that thing gives you a mechanism, gives you some assurance that things are being implemented. And that's the root of the problem again and again, when they have these findings, whether it's in their own audit reports or whether it's under DOD, uh, DOJ investigations. Yeah. <clears throat> it would be interesting to dig deeper and, and kind of find out, uh, you know, exactly uh, how many of these are incomplete implementations and how many of them are, we just didn't do it because we just didn't know. Right. Like those type of scenarios um, because you said, like, in some cases, it's to the point where there's no verification, there's no way for them to justify this is actually being done. But then when you look at the categories where they find the systemic problems um, with all of the audit reports, it's kind of startling. The reason it's startling is because I, like you, you like to go to dig in rules. I like to dig in through CIS alerts, right? And you know what I feel like I'm reading? Every CIS alert for the past Every time. Years. Every time people, people may have, if you've been looking at my LinkedIn recently, you know that it's been a, a new hobby of mine is comparing and contrasting the, uh, the findings and activities and regulatory rigmarole debate that's occurring in the water sector. It is eerily similar to the regulatory debate going on in the defense industrial base sector. And like you have made this point many, many times uh, over over the course of this podcast and before, every time you crack open a CISA alert, a joint advisory alert, 
it's the same set of requirements over and over again. But as because, why? What 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 produces those alerts, Jacob? It is the analysis, right? We're doing all this community sharing, all this intel. If somebody gets breached, something happens, we take and we learn from those mistakes. We can learn as much as we want from the mistakes and we can say, don't make that mistake again. You can slap the kid on the hand, but maybe they'll go touch the stove again, right? And people are just touching the stove. They're not even taking their hand off. Like it's serious. Like I, I get it, right? But and like maybe, real... maybe maybe they're not touching the stove. Maybe they're doing that thing where their hand is over the stove and they're like, "I'm not touching it. I'm not touching yeah. it." You're like, <laughs> pretend pretend like it doesn't hurt. Like I I get it. Like in some cases, like the, it is the fact that there's never been a case where somebody's come through and said, "Hey, are you doing MFA?" Right? It's just, oh yeah, we, we do that. Or I fill out this questionnaire so I can keep getting paid. It is yeah. a it's a bad place to be. Well, so it is a bad because 15 years ago, this is what was analyzed as, or or 10, even 10, let's just even say 10, 10 years ago, this was analyzed as something that would need to be the most rudimentary stuff that you would have to do to stop the bad guys from getting in the ones that we know about that are constantly evolving. And look at where we're at still 60% or more in almost every single one of these categories these reports are, are are uncovering a systemic problem in foundational cybersecurity. Yeah, they I'll get I mean, off the, the soapbox. Dude. The the press release from the IG that corresponds to the report, which we'll link to. Uh, yeah, they basically are like, we did five audits over five years. We did five DOJ investigations over the last three months, and the top two things are MFA and weak passwords over and over and over again. I mean, obviously, I could see if it was FIPS encryption and you got a module that's went out of date, right? I could yeah. see if it was something like that. I could see if it was, you got multi-factor authentication on all your cloud stuff, but you have on-premises stuff that you didn't really know how to implement it. I get it. I sympathize, right? But if it's a case where we're going into places that deal with some pretty heavy stuff and they're not checking to see if the people that are walking through the doors belong to be there. Yeah. Well, okay. So what I'll say is... Um, sorry. Sorry. No, it, I mean, it's 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 totally understandable, right? And I think the longer... If and it, and this, like I said, it goes beyond the dib sector. This happens in it's happening right now in the water wastewater sector. It's happening right now in the healthcare sector. HHS just released their cybersecurity strategy. And when you go read their strategy, when you go listen and read the things that are happening in the water sector, when you listen and read to what's happening in the dib sector, it's the same pattern over and over again. You've got small under resourced companies that you know at least in the dib sector they have contractual requirements that are forcing the issue. In the other sector, there aren't even contracts. Like there are, there is no forcing mechanism. It's just a, it's just some federal agency that is sort of kind of in charge of governing the cyber risk of their sectors. And so it's even messier when you go to those other sectors. What I will say overall is, as they say in this report, they talk about uh, their findings, same findings year after year, and findings in the D the 2019 IG report that catalyzed CMMC have been open for 1,531 days. They have not been closed. And so whether you uh, agree with CMMC or not, whether you sympathize with the DIB or not, whether you have a broad understanding uh, of the various dynamics that cause companies to comply or not comply, good or bad, or whatever your judgment happens to be, the fact of the matter is at the end of the day, the controls aren't implemented, the controls have been documented for over 1500 days and they're still not implemented. And that leads to the fact that that's why CMMC is still a thing that's happening, right? Even though it's gone through the rulemaking process and it's, you know, it's so long and everybody's frustrated, where is it at? 
the slow steamroller of CMMC is still trucking forward no matter what, because the findings are still open. As I've said a couple times, it would be a different story if the DOG, DODIG said, hey, we found all these bad findings several years ago and things are getting remarkably better. Uh, but they're and, not. And, and, the, and they're not. So the baseline is not changing. The needle is not moving. And so that forces programs like CMMC to go into effect. And when you force regulations to go into effect, there's all sorts of unsavory trade-offs and imprecise uh, byproducts. And you know, what about this? And what about that? And it's just a constant, it's a huge mess that occurs. But unless these findings change organically on their own, like maybe DHS and CISA believe can happen, then what is the agency going to do, right? And they're going to rely on regulations. So I think people should check out the report. If you're not going to read the five individual DODIG reports over the last five years, this is a nice summary. The press release gives a nice perspective from the DODIG on why they're doing it and what they found. Uh, it's also very interesting to hear how closely the DOD is working with the DOJ in terms of pursuing contractors under the False Claims Act. Uh, and it's very interesting to hear them uh, heavily reference the IG report from 2019 that led to CMMC. Very timely in multiple ways, uh, very short read, uh, very interesting. And, and what peculiar timing uh, ahead of the CMMC rule being released and citing references and people submitting comments and things like that. I just, I don't know, call me crazy. It just seems odd that the DOD would roll up a summary of the last five years of findings for the requirements that are going to be assessed by CMMC and say, hey, the original reason you started this program? Yeah, we still need it. Uh, we definitely still need it. I just, I, I, find that, I find that peculiar. What, you know, when somebody asks you, uh, what evidence do you have that CMMC is needed? I like it when that evidence that I present is sometimes less than a week old, right? Like the ink's not even dry on this PDF, I feel like, right? Like, so yeah, like yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, like I said, judgment aside, your opinion aside, what your uh, view of CMMC is aside, uh, the, the controls are not being implemented. And so uh, it doesn't it doesn't take much to understand why the DOD doubled down on CMMC at the end of 2021. It doesn't take much to figure out why the rule is still trucking along, just like uh, just like always, because, you know, even if people outside don't make a habit of reading the IG reports, you can definitely believe that the people inside the DOD make a habit of reading the IG reports. So uh, if just because, you know, the public isn't necessarily aware of it doesn't mean that it's not the driving factor behind why the program is happening. Anyways, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Uh, spread the cheer, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So check out the IG report. It's very interesting. Uh, not that long of a read. Let us know what you think in the comments below, like, and subscribe like always, and we'll see you next time. You're not Santa. You smell like beef and cheese.